Should we start? Should we start? Should we start? Should we start? Oh. Are we playing? Uh? I don't know how you start. Uh? Can you just start saying or singing? Uh? I'm not singing. I'm telling you that now. That's pretty loud. I'll turn it down in here. I have a public vibe with Yeah, I know. Turn it right down. I'm not singing. I'm going to have spoken word poetry. Okay, then speak. Hey, we're looking at. Hey, I don't know the lyrics. How long is the song go? <laughs> it's 30 seconds. Uh, usually we sing. Oh. Yeah, but she refuses Wait, to sing words? in front of people. I make up words and then she stares at me and forgets them every single time. I can get behind that because I, I hate singing. Singing is not one of the things I um, enjoy doing in front of people. So we watched this week The Interview, a 1998 film starring Hugo Weaving, again. Yes, not to be confused with the interview starring Seth Rogen. When you said that, I was like, oh, I wanted the interview. I was like, do you know the concept of this podcast? Oh, by the way, we should introduce our guest. Oh, yeah, we have a guest this week. Hi. Andy or Andrew? Either. Let's go with Andy. Welcome, our special guest, Andy Sampson. Yay! Thanks for having me. <laughs> Our second ever guest. Technically third. Technically third. Oh, technically. Oh, technically. Right, yes. How, so how did, did you, you start? So how did you watch this? How did we all watch this film? How, how did I watch it? No. My film I watched was an experience. I was like, I'll watch it after I finish doing study. This is a really so, bad opening. We start with the synopsis, stick face. Ooh. Anyway, I watched it at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and it was just a different world. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So the synopsis for this in SBS made me laugh because it just ruins the ending. Uh, a modest man is suddenly seized from his apartment and interrogated by the police for what is initially presented as involving a stolen car, but slowly it's revealed to involve a serial killing. Meanwhile, uh, International Affairs is investigating the manner in which investigating Offices work. Yeah, that's, that's the that's that's it like in a nutshell. The, the big like t- twist though is that it turns into a murder investigation. So thanks SBS for ruining that for me. Yeah, no, I, I like after I saw the synopsis, <laughs> I remember you guys like read it out. I was like, oh no, they're going to read it before they watch the film, and then kind of fucks the whole thing. I didn't. Good. Well, sometimes depending on where you watch it, you can't help but read it beforehand. Like oh, Netflix no. synopses are the worst, and it's like when you pause it, it just like comes up. It's, right. It's like, oh, thanks Netflix. There's yeah, been many yeah. movies I've been like, let's do this movie, but I have no idea what's about. Man who sued God's one. Mm. I had no idea what that movie was about. I just saw the title. I was like, this is what we're doing now tonight. Cool. Yeah, that's a good way to like go into a film. Like, there's so few chances to have like a cold viewing of a film nowadays like yeah I, I refuse would... to read anything i'm weird and i tr- if i know that i want to see something i don't watch the trailer that's smart but it doesn't always work because like when you go to other movies you see the trailer for it anyway all right cool like certain movies oh. it's really difficult it's like when star wars came out and it's like in the middle of film school everyone's like pulling it out and watching it on their phone and you're yeah. like no and, and then you go to see other films and it's the trailer beforehand and you just can't escape it that way Vicky were like, yeah, big budget films like The way I was sitting, I was just slowly going more and more down. I was like, someone stop talking, please. I need to readjust. <laughs> anyway, should we um, watch the trailer? Yeah, I haven't watched the trailer. Are you going to listen to it? Because the laptop's facing this way. Me and the trailer is an interesting beast. It's just, like a, it's just like a mood piece. It's just lots of like 
moody shots. Yeah. Trailers like pre 2000 is like. The, I love the, the ones whole... we do on this podcast where you get the voiceover guy. Yes, like, yes, oh. they're all fantastic. I'm really feeling the music. Hmm. I. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's a trailer that's like just done as an afterthought. Too wise. Yeah. One truth. You go weaving. Tony Martin. The interview. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't do all that. No, it doesn't actually do anything. Like, I thought it was going to no be way dialogue. more exciting than that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's vague to the point of being obtuse. Thank God you talked throughout the entire thing because I was like, this is a really boring <laughs> segment. Well, I didn't, like, when we started playing, I didn't know if I was supposed to talk. Oh, no, yeah. During... The, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We talked over, like a... talk over the top. We over the top. So, all right. First impressions. What did you think? What did you think the first time that you watched this? I, don't, I, I, like, I watched it maybe like three years ago and I only watched like the second half of it. Because it was like on TV and my dad recommended it. And uh, yeah, no, it was just like, I didn't really know what to think of it. I was like, oh, like it's Hugo Weaving. I know that guy. And that was like enough to like get me hooked and watch the whole thing. Yeah, like it, it's got like personality to it. And I like I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleanor, you found it boring, didn't you? Yeah, yeah this complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, um, that's fair. So chill about like going to dish out in this movie. No, it was just... Yeah, it was kind of boring. Shot really well, though. Mm, yeah, I no- feel like it was a movie that could easily fall into just really simple shots. Instead, they were like, nah, let's pull focus and do some weird, interesting things. How old are you going to be? Now? No, then. Um, I'm going to say late 20s. Maybe early 30s. He's always just looked like he was 50 years old. <laughs> it's the hairline. It's, it's the probably eyebrows. the hairline. And the eyebrows. Oh my god, he's old. Sorry. How old is he? Look on his Wikipedia page. 1960. Look on his Wikipedia page. Yeah, April 4th, 1960. Are you on his Wikipedia page? No, I'm on his instant movie database. And go to his Wikipedia page. Yeah, it still says. But look at the photo of, of him on his Wikipedia page. Okay, it's loading. Yep. Yeah. It's a good beard. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a good beard. I. Is it strange the, that I find him oddly attractive? No, I was it's thinking Hugo about Weaving. this and it was watching it as well. 1960s, he's 58. So back then. Yeah, pause while we Google things. Is this the power of editing? Yeah. He was 38 here. Is it? Wow. Okay, so quite old. Well, he started his, like, the prime of his acting career pretty late. Yeah, yeah. As do, like, a lot of, like, Australian male actors, I think. Stephen Curl? guy from the office he's like he started his acting career really late mm. fair, fair. i think the office was his first big really break no the office was a lot of people's first big break but i don't think it was his i don't know no it was 40 a virgin i think was his first big break oh interesting anyway back to australian films huh. um notes notes i thought he was a very weird character though. i thought the acting was so good mm. especially i thought it was good but it was in, weird in, seeing a 40 year old man acting like timid and small we started off timid and small it was a weird seeing we hugo weaving timid and small because you know him for like for like bigger like the matrix and yeah. the lord of the rings where he's like pretty like oh bold characters and this he's like oh, excuse me and even like thief of vendetta like yeah was like a strong yeah. character in that 
Which actually, funny enough, it has the exact same sequence of him being like walking as a silhouette away from like a burning building. Yeah, when we watch Babe, there's this one scene where he's talking to all of the animals in the barn and it's shot almost exactly the same way as that scene in The Lord of the Rings when they're talking about the ring. And ah, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. breathing heavy and loud. That's my first thought. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there was some interesting sound mixing, like particularly at the very beginning. The one, yeah, the breathing heavy and loud and the one where there he starts eating. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't like that. Mm. It was a very yeah. clear eating noise. It, is yes. it, what, what's that phobia? Do you have that phobia where it's like you don't like the sound of people eating? No, because I usually, that's a specific I usually phobia. don't. It was gross. Which I think it like maybe was oh, so the, the point? food I'm that they sure. gave him was really weird. Like one of them was like asparagus wrapped in bread. <laughs> ah, the old Aussie fare. <laughs> Asparagus bread. I'm trying to find the scene that good old SBS uh, sponsors SBS has like 16,000 ads before you actually start. Oh, some yeah. of the ads I got were so funny. Did you get the ad for Subaru? No. Okay, there was this one I moment like where he was like, I didn't steal the car, I didn't steal, and then it like pauses, then it cut to the ad, and then it was like the Subaru, and the first line was like, zoom, zoom, and then it showed like the car, and I was like, excellent timing, SBS, excellent I have timing. The app of it's <clears throat> SBS on demand, so there's lo- less ads uh-huh, doing okay. it through there. Well, I did find the ads were placed in like surprisingly good spots compared because to Because like, it'd be the other, same other as like TV commercials, wouldn't it? Maybe. I don't okay. like it, it felt like there were points where it's like oh could like a scene ended and like had an ad which is like, a good spot for it Do which is mean, better than like what like on sps watching like handmaid's tale yeah, yeah as always in like they're weird really spot. jarring that's yeah. just like because i guess oh. it's made for like online st- is a hulu show isn't it yeah. it's made for like online streaming so they don't break it up and yeah because it's just such a heavy heavy show and then you just like slot in these really upbeat like consumerist ads i put these my notes ready just okay, uh, go slap and then Fuck the police? Question mark. Because it's the scene where they barge into his house and the one guy just starts slapping him. And I'm like, mm, mm. is this legal? And they go into it. No, it's not. No, no. That's... And he gets in trouble. Does he get in trouble? No, he didn't in the end. He didn't get charged with anything. That's, no, no, my, that's actually one of my notes. No, he didn't. That's my, one of my notes was, like, status quo was not changed at all. It, start, yeah. it starts with Hugh Eden's character being free and, like, these two officers being like employed and then everything happens and it ends up with nothing changing which is part of like the hot it goes from being like a thriller to being a horror because of that ending where like nothing has happened like he's still on the loose and the cops are still in their positions of power and so it's like oh shit this can just keep on happening very realistic Mm. which is why the ultimate ending does sort of change how the whole thing is read if it, it actually means something changes at the end if the, the like the journalist and the cop go to like kill a dude. Then it would be like, oh well this murderer is no longer on the loose and these journalist guys journalist character. The guy from the castle. Yes. Yeah. He was an odd it was such a, it was weird because I was like, that's such a recognizable person in such a small He wasn't role. funny in this and it like shook me. Yeah, yeah. Actually <laughs> no, the, just... the, the most strangest casting was um do you know the, the, the australian band tripod that they're a comedy band and they do these like like comedy skit songs and they've like oh, been really? since the 2000s in the in the flashback where it's the cops are interviewing people from rose Ho- roadhouses one of the members from that comedy band plays like the oh. worker at a roadhouse and like his stage oh, name is funny. yon and he, oh, he's just the funniest looking dude he was he was in the the, the tv series skit house back in the early 2000s um but yeah, it's really. I haven't seen him. No, no. It, oh, it, yeah. it's good. It's it's worth watching. But it's one of those those casting decisions where you see him and you're like, 
I can't, I can't take yeah, it Australian films seem to do that a lot where they just like hold on to someone famous and then just put them in it. So they have like one really famous person, and even if they don't exactly like fit. Mm. And theatre does that a lot as well. Also, proving you wrong, this is a good movie that is uh, directed, produced and written by the same person. No, it's not. Uh, Australian cinema. <laughs> He actually, he's done like four projects, I think. I looked that up. Yeah. Is this produced by, no, it's produced by Bill Hughes. He's credited as producer as well, bro. Oh. Mm. He's done all the stuff that I haven't heard of. I said, oh. Healing. I remember, I said, oh, it's such a red flag. Peaches. Written, uh, directed and produced and by one guy. Right. But I, I don't know, in Australian cinema, like most of the time, mm. that is the case. Written Just and directed by. Written and directed so by. <laughs> so angry after that movie have you watched the roof no it's terrible don't watch it (laughs) okay dodge that bullet um i mean watch it it's not even a good bad movie it's just a bad bad movie yeah so Um, like the the reason i chose this film is i have a great love for like films that are in like a contained environment so like one of my favorite films of all time is 12 angry men okay and a lot of the time you have these sort of like Bottle, bottle films, or like bottle episode films in Australia because of the monetary constraint. Um, but it leads to like a lot of really creative writing. Yeah, um, yeah. This facts. was very theatre as well. I mm. think and it was... season three of Lost, the whole reason, I haven't seen Lost, but I think season three of Lost is set in a jail or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole point is because... They just didn't have enough money. Yeah, no, no, like, and then I think season two of The Walking Dead, apparently Mad Men just went way over budget, and so they just put that was the show that got budget cuts to it, and that's why it's set. I think at the like the yeah, that's why most bottle episodes in TV shows happen is because they like spent the budget somewhere else. Or like, oh, I just do a small one for this one. Yeah, every every like big American series have bottle episodes, but like famously, it's it's like. They'll, they'll cut the budget from a middle episode so they can splurge on a series finale. Um, that was particularly the case on like shows like Buffy Star Trek. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the, yeah. But like, yeah, things like, like Star Trek where they could just set it on the ship on a set that was already built with like Community. half the cast. Community has a bottle episode taking the piss out of bottle episodes. Mm. Oh, it's a really it good episode. Really good episode. But uh, yeah, no, like it's, it's less common to have films that are have the same constraints but when it is it, yeah it's because of like monetary constraints but with 12 angry men it was it was because of like the way it was shot it had to be shot in the studio like the the technical constraints of the time required it to be in a contained environment this as well was shot uh, in channel 10 studios in melbourne yeah that police station it, it's got yeah. the interesting aesthetic doesn't it like just blur the background it, you won't notice it's not very well lit for a police station. I, when I watched the credits, I was like, why is, like, I thought it was really simple. And I was like, why is there so many production designers? And then I like, looked into it and I was like, oh, because it's built on the soundstage. So they would have had to make everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, there's a YouTube video where they were like, there was someone saying it's one of our best shot music videos. And it's literally boxes with tape um, put anywhere, dark, moody lighting, and then smoke. And that's how they got the production design down. Yeah. And it was, meant to, it was meant to look like a big budget sci-fi thing, but it was like a comedy thing, so they didn't put that much money, uh, money into it. Mm. Well, comedy is like the one genre, I think, where you can have like crappy production design yeah. and it just makes it kind of funnier. Like I find that sometimes about SNL is like so good that it's like, yeah. Have you guys ever had to talk to the police about anything? Mm, a police officer came into work one time 
And then he was like, do you, have you seen the guy with the red shirt or like a red jacket? And I was like, no. Do you want to like see a, like a security tape though? That was the voice that came out. And he was like, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. And walks away. And I'm like, that seems like something you should be more worried about if you're going around asking for somebody who looks like this. Mm. But he just like took my word for it. And I was like, I've seen a hundred customers today. Like, I don't remember everybody that comes in. The same for me, just work stuff. Like people, they would come in a lot and ask for CCTV footage. Ah. The ones around the outside of the shops as well. My boss was like super creepy about the CCTV footage. She had a connector so she could watch it through her phone. Oh, and she would like sit there and watch you from home. Yeah, it was like hella creepy. That's some panoptic mirror shit. Hella creepy. So if you were like slacking off and not doing something, she would text you and be like, make sure you've done this. And it's like, that's the fucking creepiest thing in the entire world. Please stop watching me. Have you had to talk to the police? Uh, a couple of times, but like, like, oh, like the last time it was, I had like some fraudulent, like transactions on a card, and I had to like report that stuff, and just went through the process. But uh, no, that was pretty, pretty painless. Um, Nothing serious. No. I think no. my little brother got mugged. Yeah. He had to go. To, he was on. No, he got assaulted or technically it was assault some guy just yelled at him i think on the way home but he gave him like a slight shove oh and um yeah <laughs> he's an interesting character our little brother um so he had to report that to the police station and then one time he got mugged and he had to get that i think didn't think he had anything stolen off him but his friend had a phone taken off him mm. and then he had to go to the police station again and i think that was like all in the span of one year <laughs> it was Whoa. like had to go back again now we just yep no, it's an screams. interesting one. <laughs> someone down the road from us killed someone. We probably shouldn't say that on the podcast, but let's talk about Hugo Weaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hugo the Weaving. The segue of the year. <laughs> <laughs> How many movies has he been in? I don't know. Look it up. Well, he's got oh, a that lot. We've watched. That we've, we've watched like watched. three of his movies, I think. Like three Australian films. Or, yeah. Okay. Not just how many movies has well, he been in Because like after, after this film, he started to go pretty international because it was like yeah. two films then matrix, the matrix and then yeah. off into the I stratosphere i didn't realize how many australian new zealand actors lord of the rings had oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like a lot because i think it's just it was elijah wood who was the main guy and he's american so i was like they're all american it's like nah it's like a lot of the elves a lot of the australians Thor ragnarok's the big one that was pretty directed by taco haiti yeah. you keep telling me to watch that I haven't watched it yet so a lot of like the site and minor characters are all like New Zealand actors that he's just brought in. Yes. Because it was shot in Australia. Yes, in the Gold Coast, yeah. It's um, cheap for them to come over. It yeah. might have like major names. Yeah, yeah. No. It, it was actually funny, like with that, I don't know if it was cheaper, but like Hemsworth like pushed them to like shoot it over here instead. Just uh, so he doesn't have to travel that far, yeah. to be honest. No, it was like literally that because like I think he, he was living. He didn't leave Briar and Bay. <laughs> yeah, like 20 minutes away from, from set instead of like a... 20 hour flight two <laughs> days got... of traveling versus 20 minutes of traveling yeah I mean, if you've got the you know the strength to push a production to go into international then might as well use it i have one note that's just it's it's slap and it's referring to the constant abuse that one sergeant does yeah yeah no like, he's like not just to hugo weaving to like everybody every, yeah no, he's just he's, he's got a one character like description and it's just like be an asshole just like constantly but then the thing is is that you end up like feeling not like sorry for him but like annoyed that his, his techniques didn't work because the guy is a serial killer 
and like he made all these mistakes to like let yeah. him off the hook. This is a really good job of um, kind of even though he's meant to be like a bad person, he's meant to be a serial, obviously, but you still like feel for him. Yeah, you're like I want him to get off, and then it's like he killed someone. Yeah, <laughs> I well, think no, it does a good way of talking about serious issues as well mm. of like corruption in the police, and I think that's the main issue it talks about, and not like. He died with Flaffley's hand, where it talks about everything. It just has that one focus, and it's good. Like, it does a good job of underlining it. This still, you have to pay attention, and you have to think about it, though. Mm. So it kind of, like, subconsciously grows into your head. The, the, the yeah. big thing I enjoy about this film is that it, it sort of predates all the true crime, the true crime wave that we had over the last few years of, like, that was kicked off with serial and then, like, making a murderer and the jinx and stuff. Um, but it does the exact same structure in a drama context. Like, it, that, that thing of, oh, he didn't do it. Oh, maybe he did do it. Oh, he didn't do it. How do you play? This is the How to Get Away with Murder theme song. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, no, I was going to say, play your ringtone. Yeah. I think it, it's, it's, it's interesting ring. that it, it, it's it not utilizes... Oh. Bridget's ringtone. There's a scene in... But Bridget Coulson. Sorry, I just cut you off completely. Where... They make fun of cereal, and that was her ringtone for a while. Anyway, go okay. back to your thought. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, no, like it, the fact that it utilized that structure of the true crime, which has become so popular now, like almost yeah. it was like a decade before it like kicked off, um, and within such a like, constrained context. Was this before or after um, Unusual Suspects? Uh, after. After. I saw the, like the Guardian did like a, a retrospective review, and they were saying like um, uh, the interview is like Australia's response to no. unusual suspects. Unusual suspects is before yeah. 1995, so this is after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, a lot of Australian films get accused of plagiarism from American stuff. Mm. It's kind of kind of sucks that they always get compared like that. I think also a lot of British. I think Americans just accuse everybody of copyright. Because I, sw- I swear I've seen something before where I was like just someone posting something on social media where someone's like, oh, I can't believe the UK copied The Office. And it's like, they had a first. <laughs> like, look at the release dates. And what's not- I think when we did one of our other movies, there was like a lot of comments on... And a few um, of them, yeah. There was a few on Kenny. A lot yeah. of them were saying like, oh, copies this movie. And it was like Americans. And it was like a movie that came out five years later. And it's like, how do you not... It's a simple Google. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, America has has tried to to adapt countless like sitcoms from from the UK and crime dramas from like Sweden and mm. Italy and all that. I found a scene that does a lot of those. Modern Family was originally a French TV show. Oh, there the US has no original ideas. Four minutes in, and his voice drops. Sorry, that's just another thing that annoyed me. He had like a very kind of like kind of high pitch. It was a higher voice than the normal male. Yeah, yeah. And then four minutes into the movie, more like five minutes, it just suddenly goes back to like a normal pitch. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah I reckon that was on purpose though, oh, to show that his character sure. was um, not, yeah, starting to lose it. Five minutes into the film. Yeah, yeah. No, because yeah. he starts off being very submissive, like particularly like in his apartment and then like, being like, what, what, what am I doing here? And then like slowly goes into being defensive. I think when he, when he makes that change from being submissive to being defensive, his voice, voice drops. drops a bit because he's like, no, I've got to like assert a certain level of like uh, authority in the room. And then it like goes from that into like bargaining and 
and he like shows his, his true colors. We've also got the note five minutes in and he's got no pants. Pants. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five minutes into Netflix and chill and he gives you this look. <laughs> did you see the twist coming? Because I did, because I read the synopsis beforehand. Right. Yes. That's a good question. Again, it was three o'clock in the morning. No, <laughs> I didn't see anything coming. I was existing. There's a twist happened. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Just let it wash over you. <laughs> it was, you know, something just kind of goes over your head. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, when Bridget was like, just like even before, and you're like, oh, yeah, the twist. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it was a twist. Mm. I guess you didn't see that coming. I got confused. Yeah, I don't know if it is like a three in the morning film. <laughs> like you need a bit more action to, to keep you going at that hour. I like got confused because one minute he's like, I didn't steal the car. And the next minute he was like, oh yeah, like I killed people. Mm. It's like about six bodies just around Australia. Just you can dig them up. One will have to show them because it's like in sand dunes. Mm. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> What's coming <laughs> on? That went from zero to 100 real quick. I was just like, hang on. I am confused. No, like that, that change is, is quite jarring. Like even if you are like taking everything on board. But it, it's it's it's, it's weird because he only he only like makes that decision, but he makes it without like knowing that that the um, the toe cutters are like uh, monitoring the police officers. Like it works re- retrospectively, but I don't yeah. I don't know if there's any like way he would actually know that being able to like fake admit yeah. to crimes is like the right play. Because it wasn't something. It wasn't like in the sixth sense where it's like obviously a twist mm, mm. you know it was very much just kind of like sneaks up on you it was very subtle but then once you pick up and you pick it on it quite quick you once you pick up and you're like wait what what mm, yeah, yeah and then you go back yeah. and think like i like that scene where they go back and they watch all of the tapes and you heard him like talking seeing his lines again and then you like think about how he was like covering a murder and you're like ah yeah yeah which is funny because like that first act is is very slow because the stakes are so low where you're like we're like 20 minutes into this film and it's like just like two people talking about a, a robbed car and you don't really care that much yeah, until I mean, that twist where it's like, oh no, there's also yeah, a dead body yeah. and like a lot of people dead. Yeah, when they started talking about the dead car, uh, not the dead car, the um, <laughs> the car, I was like, this is very intense for just a stolen car. Mm, mm. I was like, just it was weird. I was like this. And then it was like the dead body. I was like, oh, okay, that kind of all makes sense now. The shoes from David Jones' line made me laugh. Yeah, just the and mention then, of Davy Jones. Because in my head, Jones. I was like, I sang, I think I sang out loud just under my breath, just went, David, David Jones. <laughs> That's how indoctrinated we are to, to their marketing. So I went down a loophole on YouTube and was watching David Jones ads from the 90s, and I found this one, and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's, it's the black and white, like... Very jazzy. I like it. You don't see ads that are this chill anymore. No, you don't. Like it's it's doing the soft sell, and nowadays it's just like throwing brands and logos at your face as quickly as possible. I just like the bit which is like, play piano. It's like, yeah, play piano. Is he meant to be a killer? Sorry, spoiler alert. The ending. Yeah. 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 Is it yeah. meant to? Okay. Yeah. I was like, is this some, because I hate ambiguous endings in films. Right. Oh, really? I hate them. I hate the ones like you. Why is that? 
Because I want it to settle for me. I don't want to have to like analyze it and okay. then work out my own meaning. It's like I came here for you to just tell me a story, not for me to make up my own ending. Lazy. Um, well, that just boxes <laughs> in like what a film can be, right? Like, yeah, if, if it wants to I bring like up ambiguous com- endings. Because yeah. there's one movie I can't remember. The Apart end, from the ending they... of Gilmore Girls, that I have a lot of opinions the, about. The ambiguous ending of this film was: Is he alive? Is he dead? You decide. And I was like, No, tell me if the main character is dead or alive. Like, I don't know what I'm meant to feel. Mm. And I just decided to read some things. Apparently, he was dead. Wait, who was dead? I can't remember the name of it. was like some weird French film. Oh, it was like, okay. I think it was on Stan. I was like, all right, I'll watch this. I'm cultured. How about the ending of Inception? Like, that's the, that's the like, polarizing, ambiguous ending. You haven't like... seen Inception, have you? I haven't seen Inception. Oh, okay, there you go. Well, no, that, that's, that's an enjoyable film. Welcome to the other, like, the beeline concept of this um, podcast. I haven't seen very many movies. Okay, okay. The Matrix. <laughs> just leave like a bit of silence there. Yeah, I made her watch The Matrix the other day and it was an experience. Oh, boy. She got into the weird cave sex scene in the second one oh. and then she's like, I'm not doing oh, this okay. anymore. That's where we ended it. Okay, <laughs> We got really? to that point and I was like, time for me to leave. Wait, so, <laughs> so you watched the now. first one? Yeah. You enjoyed it though. You say that you didn't, but you did. The first one's weird. The, the first one's weird. The first oh. one's the best. I love the Matrix. Because like a lot of so, people really disavowed the second and third how film. How is he the chosen one? There is a kid that can bend spoons and he can what? Just stand and have the same face the entire film? <laughs> yeah, there's a reason there's why Keanu Reeves doesn't age. is because, yeah. There's kids in the thing that can have more superpowers than him. And that's like, no, he's meant to be the Jesus Christ-like figure. And it's like, what? Huh? No, that's the second one. The bending... The- is it? Oh, no, no, no it's no, the first. It's yeah, the yeah, first yeah. where he goes to see the Oracle and he bends the spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like a bold kid that's just like, Send the spoon yeah. well, there's a bunch the of them there. and you're like, fuck off. <laughs> I understand why you don't like the second one, even though you watched the first, like, ten minutes. Because you kept going on about the game sex scene and then we watched it and it was weird. Oh, it's the super weird. weird. The weird It goes on for party. so long. Mm. Like, it just it just keeps going and you're like, oh, yeah. that's enough of that. But yeah, you know, It's so weird because the first one's very, like, PG. And, like, not a lot happens in it. And then right. the second one's like, the first five minutes is like, nipples. Mm. Yeah. Nudity. Fun fact, though. The siblings, the Wachowski siblings, only wanted to make two films. And then the studio was like, you have to make three. And they went, watch it. And I feel that's why I feel like the third one's really shit. Because I just didn't want that third one to exist. Mm. And it kind of understands why all the characters die. I also read the entire wiki. <laughs> right. So I know how it. I know. How, I know which characters die. But they live forever in the Matrix. How, how does the second one end? I, I thought that had like something of. She like, dies. Dies. Yeah, and in then he the reaches Matrix, into her heart and, and, and he like pulls out the bullet. Yeah. But that's not like a conclusion. <laughs> it's not a conclusion. Oh yeah, no. You think you think the first ten minutes are weird? Like it's got some of the, the most. First one was weird. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He like he destroys a city to fly to save her, and then he reaches inside her chest to like restart her heart. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because the second one, he just flies around. Yeah, yeah. Which because that's the thing he is, he discovers that, he can fly and just keeps flying he, around he everywhere. It, he, he's he's already at overpowered at the end of the first one, and you're like, cool. He's he's Cyber Jesus, excellent. Let's leave it there. And then they try and continue <laughs> the next one with him already Cyber Jesus. And they have to like increase the power of the how agents. Can we, how can we Deus Ex mark another Deus Ex mark? Another? Yeah, because in the th- yeah. in the third one, that's when Hugo Weaving like finds his way into the real world. Mm. I thought he was mm. dead in the first one. He dies in the first one, doesn't he? Uh, S- sort of. 
Wait, what? Yeah, no, you gotta you gotta like, finish the other. Yes, yeah. I, I don't know if you actually have to. I think well, unless like watching the first one is is the main thing. I picked up real quick though. Whenever something was green, it was the Matrix. Wow. Every time there was a green thing. On You're picking the up screen. what they're putting down. Every time there's a green thing on the screen, they kept trying to put you. It was like it's the Matrix. <laughs> you got annoyed at me. You were quite annoyed. We have a Google Home. We have a yeah. Google Theme, yeah. so you can tell it to pause the TV. So I was just like, okay, Google. Pause the TV, and then would you be like, oh, "What?" And I'm like, "It's green. They're in the Matrix." God, that sounds insufferable. <laughs> it's just like in this movie when it's blue when they're inside the uh, the courthouse, the police station. Mm. Words. What was more insufferable, watching the Matrix with me or watching Babe with me? Watching Babe with you because it's trying to shove things up my nose. Y'all watch movies in an interesting way. <laughs> I do. Bridget watches them properly. All right. <laughs> I get bored. What's this movie called again? There we go. I wrote down the line, um, it's about a fucking stolen fucking car you fucking fuck with. Which that was is, one of my favourites. Yeah, it was one of my favourites. Only in Australia do you get a line like that. I don't know. How much does like mention of murder get you in the in the ratings charts? I don't that 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 falls under like adult content. So M? Mature themes, sorry, mature themes. Yeah. Which I don't know how like they define that. But I guess, yeah, discussing a guy like talking in like precise detail about how he killed a bunch of people probably will put you in that category pretty quickly. So he does end up, he, he's a serial killer. Oh, you know, the idea is everything he admitted to is like straight up fact. But the, yeah. and, and then the twist is the fact that he can do that and still get away with it because of like bureaucracy and like, and, and like yeah. pr- procedure. The chemistry between him and um... that other dude was hella hot. Wait, what the <laughs> the the cop? No, Tony so Martin. the cops didn't end up losing their jobs at the end as well. I'm just no, 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 because at the oh, end he's recording him and he's all like, "Oh yeah, harassment and blah blah blah," because he was recording him on the device. Do you remember that bit? So in, in yeah, yeah, internal yeah. investigations like interviews him and is like, "Hey, we're gonna like take you down," and then after they turn off the tapes during that interview, he then like talks shit and then he and then the. The character recorded the internal investigation officer talking shit and then played that back, which is like, ha cool. I've just like made all your, like did the same thing that he did to his uh, investigation, which is make the, the evidence like inadmissible. And that's why you talked to the reporter dude? Uh, no. So that, that was like a play before because he was just like, I'm, I'm fired anyway. I just want to make sure this guy goes to jail. If I burn. We all burned together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it was... Because, oh, did, did he right know that the toe cutters were onto him before then? I don't what know. What are toe cutters? Uh, internal investigations. Okay, in, in, yeah. Well, I think he did because it says that they've investigated him before, like yeah. several times, and they've never been able to like prove anything. Mm. There's a question I had. If this was set in 2018, how do you think it would be different? Apart from Hugo Weaving would be paid a lot more. <laughs> um, no, this is a thing. Back on the original thing, when he said he's been investigated before, he said, I remember the line of like, oh, I've been investigated because they complain. And I was like, mm. can you? They complain too much. <laughs> I'm just like, I know you say it, but like, 
if someone messes up my order, I can call them the like fast food chain store and complain. But I was like, if a cop arrests me, can I then call up the um the police station and be like, I'm gonna put on a formal complaint about this cop. He was rude to me. Like, yeah, can you do yeah, that? you can. Yeah, for sure. People do it all the time because Australians give Americans a lot of crap for how they treat people and stuff there. But Australian police have done some pretty like shocking things over Victorian the years. Victorian police apparently are the worst. I don't know. I just read that on the internet. <laughs> Any more questions no. about this film? So like if this was set in 2018, plot. how do you think it would be different? Oh, yeah. well, procedure would be different, right? Like, I, I think that so much of the film relies on like the whole thing of tapes and like video recording and stuff. Yeah. And like the way interviews are conducted now, I presume, are slightly also, different. They said the rules, like, how long are you keeping him here? And it's like, oh, it's the whole... The, what the solicitor said is the whole, like, until they determine. But there's a whole episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine... Where they have to get a confession out of this guy in under like 24 hours because then they have to let him go. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I know that's Australian law versus American law, but I guess we've had something similar here where you can only hold the guy for so long. Yes. Well, no, they, he'd only been there for like four hours. Um, or like, I think it went, ended yeah, up being it was like six it was, hours. Yeah. So it hadn't been that long. It was, it was just during the solicitor scene, I think he asked. Yes. Was, like, get yeah. out of here, and they were like, oh, until they seem deemed fit and I was like oh that's a weird that's a plot that usually is played a lot on the whole like when you get the confession out of him we've only got this amount of hours yeah well no but that, that pressure is there like you see them like fucking sweating every time they come out of the interview room where they're like dar we're gonna have to like, let him go it's like an artistic close up of a sweat group coming down the forehead that's so film noir swear words in the background yeah it was shot in a really interesting way like it, there was some like really intense close ups yeah, like there was like one this. line where it like goes right in his mouth I can't, I can't remember the line and then there's like a bunch of shots that were like really wide like fisheye lens my mind wide. was going back to because we did film noir in year 12 media so my yeah. mind was like going back to like analyzing the third man and stuff for essays yeah 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 it's got like a lot of visual visual references to like a lot of angles. yeah lots of dutch yeah. angles and like but there was like some of the wide shots inside the the office they almost looked like Dutch angles to hide something. Like, yeah. like, cause there were, there were wide shots from like the, the top of the room. And then it was like on an angle with like a gargoyle, or like some sort of statue blocking they're part of the room. Just the side, it's like studio 10. <laughs> yeah. The side that I remember, so they're like, just Dutch angle it, it's fine. It, it felt like that. It felt like there was like part of, there was like a door and then like they couldn't show anything past that door. But maybe it was just a creative decision. There like, was, yeah, I would say it would probably be like a creative decision. Because yeah. I guess that's the joy of like shooting in a studio is you have so much control. Mm, mm. Like, the crane shots were really cool when they like come down into the room. Yeah, yeah. Baz Luhrmann came in just for one day and he was like, Dutch angles everywhere. <laughs> that's, good, yeah. that's all I know about No, if it was Baz Luhrmann, they would have done like four times as many shots. And a dance sequence. Yeah. Just, um, and there would have been a, like a glitter gun somewhere. The thing I noticed a lot is that they, they crossed the 180 line a bunch of times for no, no like discernible reason which I, I again i think was probably a creative decision more about yeah. just like making making it feel like you don't know what they're trying to tell you like they just keep making it feel like things are changing but you don't know why i know it's a 180 line so we've actually explained do you want to explain it you're a... so the 180 line is like the line drawn between two people when they're talking and so when you shoot it like a, a two-hander you always shoot on one side of that oh. so so it always looks like one character's facing right one character is facing left and it looks like they're talking to each other and not like facing the same direction and so when your camera goes across to the other side that's called crossing the 180 line 
Um, and usually that technique is used to indicate a change in perspective. So when there's like a big like reveal moment, you'll like cross the 180 line to be like, whoa, something it's, just changed. It's something that they hammer into you in film school. Is like you do an entire like assignments and stuff where it's like, don't cross the line. Because if, if you do it randomly, oh, right, yeah. We can cross that line. Yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. like perfectly fine for like two actors that are meant to have a conversation to each other sit and face the same way. Well, there's theatre because oh, yeah, you're yeah, meant yeah, to yeah. face towards like the audience. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not meant to face each other. That's a no. Yeah, it is more more of an editing thing because like. If, if you edit with two people facing the same direction, then it looks like they're not facing each other. Um, and then it, it just like fucks with your brain because you're like, oh, yes. where, are these people talking to each other or are they like next to it? Like what's going on? Some directors and stuff use it really good to their advantage. Like Stanley Kubrick when he did the... My brain's not working tonight. The one with the hotel. The Shining. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Shiny. He crossed it all the time to make you feel uncomfortable while right. you're watching it, and he like broke a lot of uh, like other rules, like production design okay. rules. Like yeah, there would be where there was supposed to be a window to match up with other shots, there wasn't, oh. and it had like cords that like didn't lead to anywhere, and yeah. just like a little stuff like that. Because yeah, yeah, I feel like that was probably the same sort of thinking with this. this yeah, film, that's what I they, was. Thinking. They were doing that just to be like, oh, I feel like something's changed, or like I feel like uncomfortable but they're not being like a, a line really or an action to attach to it because watching this film at three o'clock in the morning it's a different excited yeah yeah from what you guys are talking about i'm like i have a different experience i bet i like i feel like most films are probably a different experience at three in the morning because your subconscious is like smarter than you think that you are when you're watching stuff like if you're watching something and you feel a bit uneasy and there's probably a like, reason for it mm. yeah it's all about visual storytelling yeah um, what else did I write down? Films are about visual storytelling. Oh, yeah, shit. I know. Funny that. Oh. Do you want to get into the fashion report? Yeah, let's go to the fashion report. Let's do a fashion I can report. Talk about the scene then. If I can find the sound for it. Ah, uh, just talk about the fashion of the movie. I've been keep trying to tell myself to make a different one and I haven't yet. So they wear suits. He doesn't. He wears a PJ shirt. He wears pants and a PJ shirt because remember he can't. Yeah. He's handcuffed so he can't get changed properly. Mm, yeah. And they wear a lot of blue. I thought they would have seen more cops for a police station. And that was the one thing is we didn't see any police officers. You saw like sergeants and detectives. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm guessing because they wore suits. Yeah, it was a lot of white collars for, yeah. for a police station. Um, is Hugo Weaving wearing a toupee? No, no, I don't think so. In some scenes, it looks like he's wearing a toupee. I think he's a hundred percent wearing a wig in the final shot where he gets into the car. Yeah, because he's really. Or was it, that he just has like longer hair there? I that could just be up. like a like a gap in production, or like they could have shot that at the very. It could have been. It could have been. Um, or just shove some extensions in his head. In his head. Yeah. And off we go. It did make him look creepier though. It did hat. like work. So it's like you could have brought a really cheap wig, shove a cap on him, because that's how you hide cheap wigs. Mm. You put baby powder. I've, I've Googled. <laughs> you put baby powder, powder in them to get rid of the shine, and if the hairline's incorrect, just put like a hat on it, because then you can cover it and it looks more realistic. And so I think that's where I got it from. Like, he's wearing a cap majority of the time, I think. Yeah. But it definitely like has his distinctive. Uh, I didn't realize. Yeah, I didn't realize he, he was a blonde or or 
a strawberry blonde, I guess. The scene where the sergeant's like, oh, yeah, I did some of the, um, where you say, like, going around and ask, like, interview people. And then Hugo Weaving's response is like, oh, like, they, they um, explained an average-looking guy and of average build and average height. And I'm like, Hugo Weaving, you're not average-looking. I'm sorry, you've got eyebrows that are very pointed. <laughs> like, you look like an elf real good. <laughs> And so I was like, I thought that line was a bit off. That's more not fashion, that's more his looks, but <laughs> close enough. What else was another weird fashion? That's it that I had really for fashion. Yeah, no, it wasn't a, a great picture. David Jones. But yes, I mentioned to a fashion brand, but... Uh, very blue, very plain. Yeah, think I think most of the production design is pretty, like... Um, yeah. conservative might be the right word for it like, yeah. do you think they asked the director for notes and he was like blue and that's all they gave him and they were like can, can, no, can you explain more and she's like, before they even knew it was a police station he was just like just blue yeah I feel sorry for standby props it would probably have been like a really boring like set to be on for production designers to be like ugh yeah yeah like yeah I, I, like part of me wonders if like that interview room because like, they must have built it for a studio yeah they but have it looks yeah. like such a weird interview room like it, it looks like yeah they just shot in, in like the basement just, of like a it's just somebody's office yeah just no, it, out an office and, and, and the, the weird in. like piping in the back of the room as well like you know yeah. when you enter the door just on the right there's just like all these it's just like the a cage. corner of some room there's actually like people it's like in the cafeteria and there's like people around the corner eating a lunch yeah, yeah the, 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 the locations office. say um channel 7 studio channel 10 studios but it's actually just like someone's office in channel 10 studios it's actually the alley behind channel 10 <laughs> studio we laugh but i feel like that's almost certainly what it is yeah probably but <laughs> particularly like when when they're in the stairwell and stuff right like when the uh yeah, Tony's character goes and talks to the, the journalist and they just like run out to a corridor or, or when he like confronts his his like assistant and goes on the roof like that that just looks like the roof of the studio for sure it's I think if you like talk to the director like why did you choose this location like on the roof you'd be like oh it was available mm. so we just shoved on there it's probably what almost do you think they got it for free though or very cheap because it's screen west Screen West? No. 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 It would be it's Screen, screen, screen oh, Wait, I don't even know. It's not Screen West. Oh, no, not Screen West. It's not Screen Australia. Is it Screen Australia? I don't know if it was Screen Australia back then because it, it was the. Oh, something It was the one before. one before because it had a different name. Australian Screen Fund? So, yeah, something, something like fun. that. Yeah. Is it whatever it is now known as Screen Australia? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Is there any other studios in Australia except for Screen Australia? Uh, Screen Australia isn't a studio. Oh, it is. No, they're, it's they're like a, a funding. They yeah, were like a government funding. funding body, so they were they were like part of the government that would like specialize in in providing funding for films. Uh, um, but now now they're a a private entity for which like, just explains how the government treats tax. the arts. Yeah, no, no, like it. I mean, it, it it's not great, but I think that there was like some reasoning behind it where it allows them to uh, do, do joint funding with like other um, production companies because when they're a government, they were sort of restricted with collaborating with certain companies or like putting a certain amount of money towards certain things. So there was like for, for financial reasons that I think they're like a privatized entity now. So the Australian Film Finance Corporation. There we go. Yes. Film Finance Corporation. Which Screen Australia is just like a, such a better name. We don't. What's the Australian, like what's the Australian versions of those? 
things in America? We, we don't. don't. No, no. Yeah. we have we have smaller ones that like that work in collaboration with like the government financing, uh, and then yeah, there's, cool. there, yeah, there's no there's no big studios. Maybe because in Australia films don't make money. Like I I, I don't actually know the stats, but like there's a very small percentage of Australian films that have actually like Made broken money. budget. Like and that that that's just the films that like break internationally. Yeah, yeah, like Babe. Yes. Oscar winning. Yeah. That was a uh, that that was weird. That was technically a, a universal universal yeah, film. Yeah, it says in the credits it's American Australian. Yeah. But we're allowing that because then we'll run out of Australian films. Yeah. Well, like well, the no, first Mad Max. We're not running. There's loads of Australian films that we haven't even like. Name one. Other the big ones we haven't done. We haven't done Mira's Wedding. We haven't done The Castle. Have you, oh, the, uh, the Castle was the other one I thought, and I was like, oh, yeah. that's such a like a, such a quintessential Australian such film. Such a classic. Um. And it's a lot of fun. We have a Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. There's some big ones. Have you done Mad Max? No, we need to do Mad Max. Mad Max and Priscilla and then Crocodile Dundee. I'm going to name one. Name a big Australian film that doesn't come out, like not Mad Max, and it doesn't come out of the Australian glitter cycle. Australia? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, and not linked with Baz Luhrmann. What what is this? What are with the restrictions? Just, Happy Feet. Like these are arbitrary restrictions. Yeah, Happy Feet me. technically counts as an Australian film. I think a lot of the what does? Happy Feet. From what I remember. Oh right. And and then well. there's like a bunch of like West Australian that you could still do as well. Um, yeah, there's loads. Loads. Like the, these final this. hours. Yeah. More like Breath more recently. I yeah. auditioned for Breath. And didn't get the One of the oh, actors from Breath follows us on Instagram. Oh yeah. Babadook. Australian oh. horror is like an entirely like different yeah, genre. Yeah, we need that... to do a horror. We haven't done Wolf Creek either yet. Here's a question: Do you think the interview falls under the classification of horror? Thriller. Thriller. Okay. I think we really want to put it underneath something thriller because I think it doesn't. It's not scary. But I it's... think I kind of would put it under like Australian horror. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I I would agree with thriller up until the end. Yeah. And because of that ending. I think it falls under horror. Does the alternative ending, is that more horror or thriller? More thriller. And if you want to talk about the alternative ending a bit more, because I don't think we have it on the podcast yet. Yeah, so there's an alternative ending that's you can read up on, on the Wikipedia, but it's on the, on the DVD, which just uh, changes the ending from Hugh Weaving's character being on the side of the road hitchhiking to uh, the cop and the reporter trying to, like enact vigilante justice on uh, Hugo Weaving's character, which, which actually so yeah, like leaves the audience leaving with sort of a sense of like finality or some sort of conclusion because you're like, oh, cool, the bad guy's going to die, the, the cop's going to sort of like redeem himself in like a certain way. Because the, sorry, the ending I got on, like the original ending, it yeah. seems like he was just going to get back out and kill another yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, which is why I think like that's the horror ending where it's like, Nothing has changed. Like he'll keep killing, and then the system has proved it's itself to be fallible and like not work, and so he will continue to be out there. And like the idea that oh, if you go out into the outback, Hugo Weaving will hop in your car and kill you. That's, yes, that's the feeling. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. It was set in two thousand. If I was going to be killed, I wouldn't be killed by Hugo Weaving. I think it'd be like the way he'll choose his um, victims will be different. Because I think it's such like enforced into us that but you they don't kind of discuss and you that, don't pick up hitchhikers. Yeah, they kind of discuss it that he he doesn't kill for a specific reason. He just does it because he can. He can. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think it will focus probably more on like the mental disorder behind it, because that kind of implies it. But it's the, 
Well, who's a sociopath? It's the that, that's 1998, like, so it's kind of like, eh, mental disorders don't really exist. Like, that's, I don't know. Mental, yeah. I, well, yeah, because right I, I, I thought it just, like, positioned him as just, like, a straight-up sociopath because he was able to play the officer in that so way well. and manipulate his own emotions to, like, create a situation oh, where he can get out. It was, like, 4.30, and then it was, like, the second twist happens of him being like, I just needed food. I'm like, that's why I lied. I'm just so hungry. And I was like, he started playing and I was like, whoa. <laughs> what a role though. Like oh, for, a for an actor to get their teeth into, it's like so good. And you can see how as a launch pad for Is he for a married weaving. actor? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I doubt it. He seems too grounded. Do you reckon Hugo Weaving in, in real life is just like a cool guy? Like I reckon he, he looks like the yeah. kind of guy that's just like a cool guy. I think that's the thing with like these sort of films where they are in a contained environment is that like it, so much of it does come down to how good the acting is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like other films like 12 Angry Men or um, Locke. I don't know if you've seen Locke. No, I haven't. Um, it's, like, it's, just, it's just Tom Hardy in a car for an hour and a half. He's just, he's just driving from his home to a hospital where his mistress is giving birth. And he's just having phone calls, like with like the in in car sound system, just like calling his wife, his work, and just like mistress is giving giving birth, oh, and he's just in a car, so like, cool. and it's, oh, so it's cool. as far as a contained film goes, like the the amount of like acting chops you have to have to keep that engaging, yeah, is incredible. The other one I've seen is um, Macy Williams actually did one um, called Cyberbully, which I've heard was of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's. Not as good as, like, other self-contained films. I bet a lot of people would have watched it, though, just for Macy Williams. Is that oh, the yeah, one, yeah. though, is it, uh, is it where it's, like, it's on her screen? Uh, part of it. No, yeah. it's... That, yeah, that, there is another a, film that's like that, yeah. Few, there's, like, two I can, I can't remember the name of, but there's one that's, like, yeah. a horror movie where it's, like, a Skype call. Mm, mm. The entire time it's a Skype They've done that yeah. a couple of times, And there's, yeah. yeah, one... I can't remember the actor. There's another one where it's all on his like screen of his MacBook. Yeah, there's some really good short films that do that. The, but um, no, this is I don't know if it's all of it, but the trailer is all of it's his screen, and you can like yeah. see his messages and all that. Mm. I think his daughter goes missing, and that's the plot. His daughter goes missing. It's him, like you can see him calling people and all, that. and it's like I think the majority of it's through his laptop camera. Yeah, no, Cyberbully is just Macy Williams in her bedroom on her laptop for ninety minutes. No, oh, I can um, understand why a lot of people would have watched that. It's creepy. It, no, no, but no, it's her. You know, like she's no, she's like yeah, she's like she's kind of bullying someone, and then someone messages her, being like calling her a shit, but then like kind of tries to blackmail her into killing herself. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty heavy, and like props to Williams for actually doing a film like that entirely. Be a really cool play. Yeah, no, the, that's all I agree. <laughs> yeah, I bet that like I mean. The, the, the history of those kind of films do come from plays because 12 Angry Men was originally a, a play and then got turned into the film by Sidney Lumet. This could be a very easily be a play. Yeah. Mm, mm, you for sure. Fair shake of the sauce. Right, this is so, fair shake of sauce. Ooh, what review. You say that every time, every time. Strangely, another movie, almost the same plotline, came out the year before Deceiver, starring Tim Roth, Chris Penn, and Michael Rooker. Uh, Chris Penn did an amazing job. 
that guy was going to be one of the best. Strangely, another movie almost entirely different came out 17 years after that. The Interview, starring Katy Perry, Kim Jong-un, and the spy chick that looks exactly like my buddy's ex-girlfriend. Katie has a brief audio part. That chick's got some amazing boobs. What? And this is straight <laughs> from Reddit's mouth? Yep. Uh, I usually like to find... There's a the lot of on Internet Movie Database where... Some of the ones on Internet Movie Database are really old. It's like before you could give them star ratings. Is nine out... Like a lot of them are nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Yeah. And one that's four out of ten. And it just... I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's Internet Movie Database and they like to write essays. Yes. Yes. This one just says, nice first try. As in like for four the director? Just, is nice that first try. <laughs> Yeah, it was his debut film. I looked ah. up. I looked up. Uh, half a star. So bad. I don't. I don't wait, want to waste my time telling why. Just trust me that it sucked. <laughs> don't waste my time telling why. This one, yeah, it's because it's set in um one room mostly in the interview room. Mm. He was like, didn't like it. My, a lot of the ones that are low rating on Internet Movie Database, they're like, oh, I only watched the first 20 minutes and it was terrible. So it always annoys me. Always annoys me. But also the first rate. 20 minutes aren't great. And if you extrapolate from the first 20 minutes, you'd be like, well, it's just two people talking about a, a like, stolen car. Uh, three and a half stars. Serial killers are interesting. And yep. this 100 minutes long interrogation is just brilliant. Hugo owns the screen. Sure does. Another person just said, is that the guy from The Lord of the Rings? This one is an old one, so it doesn't have a star rating, but it's just, did he do it? Or did he do <laughs> it or not? And it goes into explains it a bit, and then goes, Carton tries and steals the movie, but in the end, Martin or Weaving steal it. I think he did it. And it's like, good job. <laughs> That's just like, like, at atting Christopher Nolan being like, but was it dream? Uh, so Jeff gave it two stars and said, suggestion to future screenwriters, write the whole movie before going to film. Interview set up Ooh. a fantastic plot in the first half hour. Is this guy guilty? What do the police have? Then it shifts gears in the second half, creating more questions. What's going on? I hope this film wraps up all the loose ends. Hope this film wraps all the loose ends up. The last portion of the film completely disavows the entire premise. I must admit, however, that I enjoyed the acting and direction until the film fell apart. How do you race a film that seemed great, but then you feel like you got cheated? What did they think the premise was? That's that's weird. I think it was changing yeah, gears. You know, like. Agatha Christie, it's like murder on the Oriental Express. Like, who done it? I think that's where they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Not blandly, like, oh no, he he's done it. He one hundred percent did these things. Yeah. So then yeah. he thought it was going to be like a lot, like more questioning. Yeah. Which is what I kind of thought, and then it did, which is like he just started openly talking about how many people he's killed and where they are and all that, and I was like, oh. oh but okay, you know, it is back and forth because like it because of it, like Weaving's acting chops, like you could be convinced afterwards that he was lying about it just to like get some food and it's really like i think the the idea was that like you don't really know until he leaves and then puts that like patented hugo weaving creepy smile tm and and then like that the the point is that you're not supposed to know until then but then really most people like i forgot that i have a small friend in my pocket small friend oh sorry yeah that smiling scene i have a note about that in my head it was like that. It looks like such a forced smile, though. Right. Well, it was like I, the early time that, where though. he was like acting was like, oh, that focus. I think though. acting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm glad you noticed it as well because I was because I have been focus pulling a lot recently. Like watching that, I, I looked at it in a different light where I was like, damn, 
like <laughs> there were just a bit like a few points where it was soft but like when it got really close but for for like a yeah it was it was very well done but i think generally acting happy is very hard to do like i think generally i like having a realistic smile is because you yeah you yeah, look yeah. at the eyes and you can just tell that he's not actually smiling from the eyes it's just a forced smile and when you slow Ooh, it down, a, when you put it in slow yeah. mode though it's much more obvious oh it's a sociopath smile right yeah it, it does it he, does link when you think of at that point i thought he was still innocent though oh so okay like, right you did okay then, then, then it was <laughs> uh, then the film did exactly yeah, what it was yeah. supposed to do so um, I was like, that's a really just a creepy smile. Yeah. Wait, I had that spoiled for me. Thanks, SBS. Oh, goddammit. But he does the exact same smile in, in The Matrix. Like, there's, yeah, there's like a yeah, gif yeah. that everyone loves using, which is like uh, Agent Smith just like grinning like that. Oh. Um, so, it, no, it's, it's a thing that like weaving does. Um, but also, yeah, I think like it, it's, it's the perfect, it's not just like a happy smile. It's a, I'm a sociopath that just conned out a cop and got away with six murders. How to get away with murder. Oh. Roll credits. <laughs> There's this review that's five out of 10. It just says good, but too much dialogue and not enough activity. Yeah, like, there was another one on Reddit that was just, it needed more explosions. <laughs> good old Reddit. Just a cannon confetti at the end <laughs> as he walks out. No, but it is actually, yeah very well received on the internet like when yeah. Rotten Tomatoes it has 100% yes. yeah. fresh yeah 100% like yeah 100% is is impressive but I feel like it doesn't have as many reviews as yeah because Rotten Tomatoes would have come out later yeah oh, maybe yeah because it would be retro- yeah. retrospectively reviewed and the people that are going back to watch it probably can like view it fairly favorably and also like the way that Rotten Tomatoes is just like good or not good what do you guys use to like tell if a movie because you know when you you try and find if a movie is good or not and you can either go internet movie database metacritic or rotten tomatoes what do you use i try to use none i really i I, because all of them are like super reductive um and like rotten tomatoes is in many ways just like fucking over the film industry in general because there's a few um, things I saw where it's like Rotten Tomatoes would be like 40%, but then Metacritic would be like 60%. And yeah. then Internet with database would be like 10 out of 10. That's yeah. It's like yeah. vastly different. Yeah, I- IMDb is different. I always use... IMDb is different. I can't say they pronounce it, like the short version Sometimes of it without I messing it up. So the... I just always commit to the full name. Okay. Internet Move Database, I use that one just because it's a lot more like user review. <laughs> I never trust... Oh, its budget was $2.5 million. Ah, oh, dear. Still, yeah. that's not that 2. much money. $2.6 million, sorry, estimated. 2.6, and then it made I never trust 000. estimated things. There's a few things okay. where it's been like, oh, we estimate that this YouTuber makes $4 million a year, and then the mm. YouTuber comes out, it's like, how did you get that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? So I think it's probably more a million. Yeah, no, there's like not a lot of Australian films that shot for like more than a million, well, particularly in Western Australia. Yeah, um, I'd say like a, a million is about average. So I think it's expensive scene would be the burning of the... And that's the, still um, considered, like, low budget. Burning of the, like, the farmhouse thingy. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They probably just found, like, an abandoned one and just set it on fire. And it's mental. I think it was meant to look run down. So you could always just easily build one out of just wood you fucking decide. Maybe the that's why they had so many set constructors. <laughs> to build <laughs> that just one, to do one the Because they had, like, seven. It's pretty hectic. Are you done? And then just this bunch there that says, it's about a fucking stolen car, you fucking... <laughs> yep. What, what a timeless <laughs> line. Oh, I love it. I should have cut it out. 
So it's time we ask ourselves the question. Do we? Or? Alright, Eleanor, Guess do you want to start? Well, I mean, I, I chose the film and I chose it because I liked it. So, so I, I, would, I would put it in the pool room, yeah. I'm going to tell him he's dreaming just because I can recognize that it probably, like, artistically. And, like, if you were a film nerd, <laughs> makes direct eye contact with Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would you appreciate it a bit more, but someone who's just, like, your average viewer, I'm like, eh, I'm the Australian audience. Yeah, yeah. I'm just oh, no, like, I'm, eh, it's I, I don't want to, like, go and, and, and defend it, but the question I'd ask, like, what, what do you try and get out of films? Like, what's your your criteria? So like, explosions. Like, okay. Not, like, not that's what I'm looking for, but it's... You want to be know. entertained. You don't want to be... I found the Marvel movies really good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, why? Because they're fast paced and yeah. keep going. Why this one? But I'm pretty sure there's like theater shows and plays where I'm like, this is really good. And people are like, I don't understand it. No. It's, it's like, it's one of those things. Where it sounds like it should be boring, but when you watch it, you get so like into it. And then you're like, yeah, what's no. going to happen next? I think this like film would have been terrible if you didn't cast a good good actors in there. Oh, absolutely. You didn't have good production design or the camera work was like pretty good. I don't know that much about camera work, but like I can see it's good camera work. Yeah, yeah. No, the camera work is interesting. I, I found like something I was going to say before that I didn't end up saying was that like it feels very much inspired by um, Spielberg's DOP, um, okay. like blown out windows and like very like soft like like there's like yeah. a glow around the actors like wrap around soft lighting but yeah like it's overly creative for like that that can confined space yeah was it shot on film i would say so no. oh it was, it was no. early digital early digital the sound mix is digital right that comes up first more than the film mm. oh how do you tell no negative format i don't know yeah yep. yeah I'm turn around to you guys very dark that's film yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was 35 mil. Interesting. Usually you can tell by looking at it. Like, film has a particular like, grain to it. Do you have anything to plug? Anything plug? you want people to watch? No, no. No? Plug yourself. It's like myself. No. No I'm, Instagrams? I'm, I'm okay. No Twitters? No, no I'm happy. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm <laughs> happy to have chat about a film that I haven't seen in a while. Um, Camera work, that's your main thing. Yeah, no. I'm one plug Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I'm a first AC but, and do second AC stuff as well. But so you need anyone to hit him up. <laughs> yeah, it's not something I can really plug as such. Eleanor, um, do you have anything to plug? Um, come watch Legally Blonde, the musical at Regal Theatre, opening the 24th of August to the 2nd of December. I am the assistant. No, I don't know what I am. I'm working backstage on it. Cool. Which is uh-huh. fun. It's not paid, but I get to meet an actress from home of the way. Oh, really? <coughs> That's cool. Yes. All right, so you can follow us at The Dingo Cast on Twitter and Instagram. Not Facebook. You can follow me at Bridget Moon on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Eleanor.Weller. And do you want to plug your Instagram? Uh, at and Andy Sampson. Um, but yeah, there's not much, not much on there. He takes some nice photos. <laughs> But I don't upload them. So my Instagram's mostly yeah. just pictures of my face, so. Mm. Mine's like pictures where you're like, you should put a filter on it or color grade it, and I'm like, eh. You don't put filters on your Instagram pictures, and it drives me insane. There's a, there's a bunch of rules I try and like keep to with doing social media 
like photos, which is like someone someone had these rules, which is like no no selfies, no photos of food, no photos of parties. Well, yeah, I think I've broken all of it. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's just like in order to like give yourself a creative constraint okay. to like try and push more interesting content, I guess. Yeah. Like it's not like to shame anyone that that does post that kind of content, but it's like a good way of like saying, hmm, is this just how like how to be different? Yeah, how to be how a to bit, be, bit different. How to be interesting. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I-